since I'm 12 years old, there's a book that I read, which is my favorite book, Dune. I have images that I'm haunted by since uh, 35 years or something like that. The project of my life, definitely, yeah. Is science fiction really fiction, or is it just the future waiting to happen? Author Frank Herbert says it's a little bit of both. A film with Denny, the imagery is flabbergastingly beautiful. So I feel extremely lucky. What he's really good at is creating this strange atmosphere with his imagery. This cinematic poetry that is his trademark, that will add so much richness to the story. Every character is so well crafted, every plot point, every angle. Herbert wrote from so many different points of view, philosophically, emotionally, psychologically, that it's really complex. And so then to take that and adapt it into the film version, which deals with all these relevant themes to right now, I think, the state of governments and what's happening with the environment. I'm dear friends with Denis. The film script that I read, it honors and it brings to light that book in such a beautiful way. I've never read anything like it. Something that Denis Villeneuve and the writers have really taken into consideration is gender equality. She can read thought and emotion and she's the best fighter there is. Working with Villeneuve, it's for me a dream come true. Denis' movies are like so rapidly intelligent. Meeting with him at Cannes, I felt I was with someone like that was unequivocally smarter than me in every way. Mr. Herbert's book is not only regarded as an incredible piece of sci-fi, but of like his American literature. And you have all these incredible sci-fi auteurs and you think about Star Wars or whatever that openly say that Dune was the source material. And I just hold the book and I'm like, it's so dense. Yeah. It's just, there's so much there and like, the themes are so... Oh, it's epic in it's every so possible epic, way. You know? I'm like, <laughs> ah, I'm so excited. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dune podcast, episode five, right? It's it's everyone. It's all four of us. Isn't that rad? I think it's rad. And we were just uh, we, yeah, we were just doing a bit of a pre-show, but welcome all, to all the listeners around the world doing their thing um, in whatever situation you find yourself in. It's going to be, I think, one of, if not the best, it always is just endlessly the best episode that we keep doing because we keep getting more and more insights from our analysis. And speaking of gaining more and more uh this episode is called um all that's to come which is a line from the pink floyd song eclipse and it happens to be one of the lines uh sung in the trailer which we are breaking down during our uh six-part uh sifting the spice <laughs> series uh, of taking the two minute and sorry the three minutes dune trailer and splitting it into 30 minutes sorry 30 second chunks analyzing frame by frame 0.25 speed all of us at the same time each one and honestly just using whatever the, each frame has as a platform for discussion so if you saw the last episode you sort of know what that's all about and uh i want to do a round table of all four of our amazing well all three of my amazing uh co-hosts uh starting with mark who we haven't had uh, for a few episodes and you would just thank you also to dune news net for letting me know with that technical issue of the <laughs> that not too insignificant technical issue of like not recording the fucking show. Um, Mark, how have you been, buddy? Uh, been good, thanks. Yeah, still working from home. So uh, <laughs> still trapped in this room, I think. But okay. uh, you actually haven't yeah. left since we last spoke with you. That, that's <laughs> barely. 
occasional trip to the supermarket, but otherwise, yeah. That's great, dude. I'm glad that you're. I have had both. I've had both uh, COVID jabs now, so yes. Hopefully, I should be good to go in a couple of weeks. <sighs> That's really good. Uh, on the last nice. episode, um, we talked about um, we talked about how like we are now as the Dune podcast with this extremely relevant subject matter which dune always brings up about you know society and leadership and politics and how we relate to like you know how we show up to challenges and stuff like that like uh, and the different ways that people either step up to them or flee for them or become cowards and stuff like that and it's so interesting we'll have all of that to talk about in the coming months years whatever as far as you know as far as this goes but uh that's yeah and and yeah like with how each of the different countries have treated it but now at least we're well on the other side of it i like getting to the other side of it at least so but yeah good to see you man so i'm gonna go chronological emilio how are you doing buddy i'm doing fine uh we're back to phase one so we are like completely Fuck. shut down <laughs> sorry right now and the curfew I'm sorry, you're laughing. I'm, uh, I, I'm laughing because that sucks that you guys are shut down. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're shut down for good. But I mean, the curfews are earlier, but I'm okay. I mean, I'm I'm working, I'm, I'm feeling good. All my friends, I have real close friends who are starting to read uh, Dune for the first time. So that, get, that uh, keeps me excited about it too. And, uh, you know, and like everyone's really excited, like every time it's less and less time for the movie and we and we're we I'm 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 more excited every day. That's great. This guy. All right. So we have I I think I can I think I can do this. And and this is all leading up to me introing you, um, uh, Marcus. So we have uh, I don't have official titles for you, but we have like uh, the collector elemental, which is fucking Mark over here with like he will whip off fucking screen and come back with like Villeneuve's like personal copy of the script like that. That's what he will eventually do. <laughs> you're, the, you're the collector. Um, uh, you, Emilio, you're like the fucking positivity elemental, which is just like no matter what the fuck's going on. It's like, let's fucking go, you know, and that from that academic point of view, too, you bring that wonderful insight. And then right here we have Mr. Media himself. I'm so glad Are you, how you're liking this hype up I'm doing for you. Fucking, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're digging it. Mr. Media himself, a Dune News Net, uh, Marcus. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, it's uh, doing great. I, I have to say it's been a really interesting month or even past, past year. Like I do have that feeling of sort of being sleeping at the office, like in the sense that I'm I'm working from home and then I'm also doing do, do news net in the same room. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that, that feeling. Uh, but ho hopefully uh, after the fall, like uh, we'll be going back to the offices like at, um, mm -hmm. at my day job and then uh, hopefully it will be a bit more balanced. But yeah, like a lot of exciting uh, stuff coming up. So uh, stay tuned, like the next couple of weeks, we're going to make a couple of announcements that do, do news net. Oh, and there you Ooh, have a little bit of a nice. teaser there. And so we appreciate the, the little teasers, man. And uh, feel free to drop any scoops if you ever want. We can fucking like clip it out so then you can put it on your outlets and like, oh yeah, this was the day that Dune Newsnet <laughs> decided to like reveal things to the world. And me, I guess I, you, I'm just the connector and the, you know, I just sort of, I love just creating that platform for, uh, you know, uh, and then I'm actually gonna tease something myself here. Uh, not only connecting with the community, community connecting with them, with, with, with itself with like different people from it but i love creating creators to the community and so our sister show the god of war podcast just actually hit a 
bunch of headlines with the interview I had with uh, Samuel Matthews, a concept artist, who um, the outlets went wild reporting that he actually worked for Sony Santa Monica. He doesn't yet, but he is now emailing them and that has now created a networking connection. Uh, and we've had Sharon Duncan Brewster, you know, Kynes and uh, Peter, you know, uh, Darren Dasmalakian chime in uh, with likes and comments, you know. And so uh, leading up to that, it was absolutely my, uh, my aspiration to, and my plan actually, it's just going to manifest it to get you guys connected mm -hmm. with them so that they can pick up and have these kind of just human, uh, you know, vessels that they can like, oh, wow, you, for example, like Mark, like, and, and, and you, Emilio, and you and Marcus, there's, there's all kinds of different Dune fans. And also I want to say like, you guys are so tolerant of me who I am coming into it through literally just the Villeneuve angle. I explained this on episode one with, with Hassan and I'm, I'm, I'm only a few degrees away from Hassan in terms of I've just come into it. He had just read the book because of that beautiful Arabic angle. Hassan, we miss you. We want you back. <laughs> You're amazing for like bearing us open in Arabic origins episode one. Um, and so I guess you could call me uh, just the person who like the, the connector, I guess, and the, the producer, I suppose, the host. Um, and yeah, lover of everything to do with this film. And I, and the reason it's getting more, you know, how, Emilio, how, we have to do a timeline of how progressively hyped I fucking get with every fucking episode of this show, because I bought this, uh, I've been, um, uh, looking into some of the, the art, which is now releasing from these things, Mark, I have to throw it to you. How did you, I thought that wasn't even ready for release that we're not getting it until like a couple of. Fuck, we're not getting it until way later. How did you get that book, man, that you brought out during the pre-order? Um, the pre-orders are shipping. Uh, oh. And because they're shipping from the UK, and I'm in the UK, I think, you know, it, it came a little bit early. Right. But yeah, I've got all awful covers. Um, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, okay. The, so, fucking, the complete the, set. Everything. The fucking collector over here. Jesus. Yeah. Whatever you do for, for work, let me know, because that sounds like it would be fun. Work from home. Fucking buy a bunch of Dune merch. You know, that's very, very kind of you. So uh, to, to share all of that with us. Amazing. And you can bring out the Chris knife because that was the pre-show. Bring it out. Come on. Let's go. Yep. Okay. Boom. Boom. Hell yeah. With nice. the T-shirt as well. Yes. And the T-shirt too. Great T-shirt. Now you got that, that looks official or did you print it yourself? Uh, that's from Redbubble. Redbubble? So love, it's, love official, Redbubble. it's one of the official fan made ones, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, there's the licensees out there, and we actually have a yeah. few people chiming in on the Reddit, which is also a beautiful community as well. Um, I'll be going through. Actually, Hassan came from there as well. So, um, but uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, folks, uh, for the next now we are officially are we more than halfway? Yeah, we are. This is part four, isn't it, Emilio? Of uh, exactly. sifting, the, sifting the spice, amazing. And so they're, in, they're releasing, at this stage at least, listeners on a monthly basis uh, for the show. But as things ramp up, and when I was doing this, creating the countdown posts, looking at all the icons, and, and, and really, I, it's sort of, again, another rung of hype kind of went up because I realized behind the scenes, you know, you have, is it John Spates who's writing The Sisterhood? I think he, he focused, John Spates, right? Who did Prometheus? Um, well, he, he was working on that, and then he, he... The bad news was he left that, but the good news was he left that to work on part two of June. Part two of so. June, exactly, exactly. Uh, and as I was going through, looking at the RPG, looking at um, the, the book that you have, which is the book, can you give it the, the exact title of the, um, so it's just, it's like a, yeah, like this yeah, is the yeah. June Adventures in the Imperium. Adventures in the Imperium, exactly. So that one, uh, you know, I, 
presumably have more than one copy, whatever. Like, I want to be going through that at, at some point, <laughs> so that he can get the one that we can actually see and like look at some art and stuff. That would be amazing. Uh, Amelia, so, uh, we want the uh, the Carino edition Shut or the, uh, <laughs> the Trades edition. Oh fuck off. Or the Harcon edition. <laughs> Okay, oh so God. I have to stop talking because I just hyperloaded. Marcus, I'll throw it to you. Go. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, yeah, go for it. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so pretty much, I think we've we've had a yeah pr pr pretty good amount of uh, of news the, the past uh, couple of weeks. Uh, so I don't know if uh, if there's anything specific you want to want to hear about. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I I flow a lot. Oh, do you have something, Emilio? You want to talk about something? Well, I think the announcement of the 35 days after the uh, like the uh, theater release, I, it, oh, yes. it was it yeah. was a it was a it was the biggest uh, news, yeah. and it made me really happy. I think it deserved it. I think it's a good news. What, That's what, great. I, I don't know, but I don't know what you guys think. I think I think it's good. It's a good news uh, because I think that means that. Most likely, the second part will be uh, uh, created too. You know, it will okay. be on, so, on, so to, on the field of sense. So to clarify, what you're talking about is in in basically they're rolling out HBO Max in South America, and yeah. uh, I think basically within the next uh, month, and then like Europe later this year. And they did an announcement that the day and date movies will be arriving on HBO Max in those countries 35 days after the theatrical uh, release. So, for example, in South America, the the um, theatrical release for for Dune is expected to be September sixteenth. Uh, so then, like, the, it would go to HBO Max uh, thirty five days later. So, so that's what it sounds like uh, right now. Uh, the, there there hasn't been any change for the U.S. In case people are wondering, so there was some a lot of confusion okay. about that, like some conflicting reports. I was like confused about that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so what happened is actually like uh, Deadline had published a story that um, that basically um, the day and date release was was cancelled, and then it would come to HBO Max at a still to be decided date. So basically, there would be a theoretical exclusive window, uh, but that was basically sh shot down the, the same day by uh, Warner Media. Mm -hmm. So it, it still could change. Like I, I have no doubt that they're still having internal discussions about what's what's going to be best or not. But as as of this point. It's basically going to be international releases starting from September 15th um, and then U.S. release um, on HBO Max and in theaters on October 1st. A again, that, that could change, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. Nice. You are on it. There's the always, uh, rumors of the Venice Film Festival as well. I think so, it's confirmed now. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that is confirmed. Mm -hmm. I think through your outlet, uh, Dune Newsnet. Yes. Yeah, so, so, well, uh, the original report came from. Um, uh, from a deadline the double confirmation uh, so basically they're, they're saying like in as, as long as you don't have anything like a setback with COVID or anything in Italy it's pretty much likely that uh, the festival will go through as an in-person event and then Dune will appear there they, they don't know exactly the date but yeah like uh, definitely exciting yeah so there you go see and I just want to point out the minutia I just pick up on things so he put on he's like okay I'm, I'm in I'm in Dune Newsnet mode okay cool <laughs> completely delivered it completely objectively and then at the very I'm end we heard, that, we, we heard that like yeah it's good yeah yeah i'm excited that's great man i love it i love that we can show all these different sides and that's great actually you've given me a, a inspired me for maybe if we want to kind of roughly segment out when we get together with some, these sort of things i'll literally just throw it to you and say hey what is the latest news and you can at being do newsnet you can just do that and you can give us a collecting stuff report it's like oh what have i picked up you know that can be rad and then emilio like this is 
the whole body of work of the the six uh, of the six books, uh, and I'm, I'm sure some of this extended material, which I'm I, I don't know if I told you, uh, Mark. Um, I've actually been getting into the house trades with the art and stuff, and kind of you know finding my own in, in, inlet into the expanded stuff. But you, Emilio, like I'll just throw these like, what do you want to discuss uh, on this? If, if you have vague ideas about some. Um, theme, you know, of like tolerance or like the mother-daughter relationship or mother-father relationship, you know, um, you know, that kind of thing. So that kind of angle. But um, I'm, I do this actually subconsciously. I know that I am so looking forward to getting started on part four. Uh, it ended up being, I don't know if people want, to, want a bit of background. I did uh, roughly 75 episodes of the Kojima podcast. For a long time, there was a complete, just no information. And we just took that, it was an eight minute trailer and we looked at one minute at a time. It was an eight part series. We got so many insights just from like, just wardrobe choices to cinemato cinematographical choices. Uh, and so then if it, it might initially sound insane to, to split a three, minute trailer up into 30 second chunks but please keep in mind as we go along that in editing bays in films and stuff they're looping this stuff over and over again each one of these 30 seconds this isn't some sublimated fanboyed thing it's like absolutely like the objective truth of filmmaking is that everything is poured over and then you ratchet that up times about five for a trailer because they have such a condensed amount of time to tell a story so that the trailer becomes like an art form in itself. So if you've ever done an art analysis, uh, you know, uh, art symbolism class and stuff, we'll talk about how like things are being on the left or the right of the screen or up or, or up, like above or below, like it signifies like power or submission and that kind of thing. So it's super additive. And uh, we will all, all of us go into the film with a sense of, um, uh, you know, enhanced knowledge and enhanced appreciation from going through it. So deliberately and, uh, Without further ado, if you guys don't have any other kind of little tidbits pre pre segment, shall we head into the head into the wilds of of Arrakis? Shall we do this? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Let's fucking go. We're starting at ninety seconds, are we? Uh, yeah, we're starting at ninety seconds. Right. And I have it in front of uh, me here on the screen. And the very first line is uh, the very first shot we open on is a very the, the consternation is real for Mister. Uh, uh, Mr. Ducaleto here, Mr. Oscar Isaac. So I believe the line earlier, just before that, is. There you go. Rule yourself. Okay. So now 60 you must seconds, learn. Right? Now, now you must learn to rule others. Yeah. yeah, none of your ancestors learned. So here we go. Okay, cool. So starting, and we'll just go. I'll go whatever, 0 0.25 speed or whatever. And uh, here we go. Beautiful. Okay, so this first opening shot is just Caladan. It's sorry, it's like Castle Caladan on the outside. Now we have to fucking talk about Castle fucking Caladan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, and so I was looking up at the screen, folks, doing my thing. In the meantime, for the audio <laughs> listeners, you are doing yourself a massive disservice because Mark, aka June Info, has summoned the ability to have the trailer in frame for us, which I was not expecting. And that is fucking great, amazing. Also, I'm from Australia, and I swear a bunch, and I hope that doesn't like, upset anyone. But what was, sorry, 90 seconds, did you say? Uh, uh, no, uh, 60. Uh, uh, 60. Oh, 60, apologies, thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, again, 60. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, thought, uh, I thought we'd uh, not missed an episode. But, uh... No, that's okay. All good, all good. We'll get there. Now, yes, exactly. So I'm, I'm literally, I've just, uh, um, I've just got basically a Castle Caladan in front of me. So that's, that's where we're gonna start. Mm -hmm. Okay, because I just think it's a good starting point. So 56, 
57, 58, and he's touching the tomb, cuts to him, and obviously we've just spoken about. Actually, how about, fuck it, we're going to do a round table on Leto in this film, because we haven't done one of those yet. And it's just that first shot of him looking stressed, worried. Um, and the, the round table specifically at what, that I want to focus on with this character is um, we've had in Lord of the Rings, we've had in, in, in uh, you know, other things like that, of like Harry Potter, for example, there's a couple of uh, character traits that are either, you know, sort of brought back. And like, let's just say Jurassic Park, for example, in Jurassic Park, um, Hammond is way, way like more skeevy and more like, like uh, just, just basically bad, like a bad person. Where whereas Spielberg kind of brought him more into that sort of grandfatherly space and like kind of heartwarming. And I think Spielberg must have had a conversation of like, we need to balance out the heart of this movie. I need I need him to be a bit more like this, and yet he can still be this sort of oblivious businessman, whatever. And so I want to do a roundtable starting with Mark. Uh, the treatment just based off of the way that he kind of shoots his characters, writes his characters, because Denny wrote this. It is his vision of it. So you put the DNA of Denny. You put uh, Frank Herbert's subject matter and like and the particular character of Leto, and we'll go around table. So Mark, Villeneuve's Leto. What are your what are your opinions? What do you think he might dial back or amp up character wise? Um, good question. Um, originally, I was a bit unsure of Oscar Isaac as Duke Leto. Um, you know, I, I saw him more as a Duncan Idaho than a father figure, hmm. but that beard <laughs> really <laughs> sets him up as a. <laughs> That, that that's a, a classic that's a great beard mm -hmm. um so yeah he, he's looking great as a, a father figure um in the other in the other um two series uh, the film and the miniseries we didn't get a lot of father-son um interaction necessarily or uh, so i'm i'm hoping to see a lot more of that closeness that bond mm. from leto because he's an important character and you brought up Hammond from Jurassic Park. Now in Jurassic Park, Spielberg changed it so he didn't kill him off. So <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so I don't wow. know whether. <laughs> oh, you just yeah. took this to an unexpected place of hype. Which, if that fucking, if he just decides to, just not give a fuck and like, just like Villeneuve decides to do that, it would be so controversial. <laughs> but my fucking god, would that be cool? Um, but I didn't mean to interrupt. Go for it, Mark. That's hype. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. That, I, I don't expect that at all. But uh, okay. I thought that was uh, funny that you brought up Hammond. Wow. Um, yes, yeah, so he's he's looking great, um, mm. and it it looks like we're going to see a fair bit of interaction with Leto in this. So mm. that, that's what I'm I'm hoping to see in the film. Because mm. I I consider Oscar a very warm kind of guy. I know that sometimes people cast against type, you know, to get so that the you know the actor wants to stretch stretch their performance. You know, like Mads Mikkelsen being cast as Galen Erso in Rogue One. Um, I think the two films share a cinematographer possibly. Um, but yes, yeah, so he uh, is obviously a very he's a hero. You know, he's a the defector and everything or whatever like the guy who puts the you know spoilers for Rogue One. You know, the the fault in the Death Star and stuff. And so. Interesting that I, hey, by the way, we are existing on both conscious, but like the most of what we fucking do is in the unconscious. Why, Emilia, why do you think I just thought of out of nowhere Mads Mikkelsen? Why? Fucking look, no look at that idea. shot. It, look, look at he's, he's got fucking, he's got like, it's that sort of Lamu kind of environment. It's got yeah. the fucking ocean spray hitting his hair and the, like, and he looks fucking super concerned. So he's super concerned. If I yeah. can get that sort of, and he is, you know, he's quite dignified. And in fact, 
I haven't seen him in too much of like that kind of regal royal role, and I think that's probably why he wanted to kind of give this a crack because I've seen him in Drive, I've seen him in, uh, uh, you know, obviously the Star Wars stuff where he's more of that kind of like you know flyboy kind of thing. Um, but I think I think he really suits it. I think to see that sense of yeah how he holds himself in that regal kind of majestic way or whatever. But how yeah. specifically? Yeah, I want to echo what you said, uh, uh, Mark, about the Bond for sure. Emilio, um, Leto, uh, the character Oscar Isaac Villeneuve, go. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised. Uh, I, for me, Oscar Isaac was like an odd choice. Uh, at the beginning, I was like, okay, I I I was like slightly uh, close to his acting, but uh, this first shot and the fact he was, uh, you know, he, he he was touching like the carved stone of the of a Greek family. You you can see he's like uh, concerned with it and. It's really interesting because the first words are talking about a failing father. You know, you're not of your ancestors. Learn how to govern. He's gonna lose a planet. He's uh, he's like he's going down. And I and I don't know. Uh, for me, I'm seeing a really concerned man. Mm. Like maybe a little bit scared. I I, I don't want to spoil oh, anything. But sorry, I want to add to your point. So another thing I saw him in was Annihilation where he can really do like haunted he can do he can do dark you know and i wonder if maybe the weight of having been with for example like this is something i feel and this is like ultimately a compliment it starts trust me so ray <laughs> ray is bene Gesserit levels of like i fucking see you i know what you're thinking she's so good at what she does which is this leadership mentoring stuff she does and and like the subconscious motivation so i consider like as her partner like she she has like just like heightened senses about like where someone is at energy wise and she has a, a really innate ability to kind of perceive so i wonder if just as a like he loves her obviously you can see there's that love but there's that distance and i think there might be a bit of resentment that like i know you are a bene Gesserit. i know you could tell me that i'm about to die i know that you know all these things and you don't tell me and so maybe that is beginning to really weigh on him so we could actually see uh him go really dark and really like um that's interesting yeah a very as you said when you said deeply concerned you're absolutely right emilio he's deeply concerned and he i mean i think he's been warned about yeah. this i mean i mean the risk of, of going to dune are real and he knows it and i think this uh, i mean this shot this look on his face is telling us that mm. uh i i think i think that that is pretty effective and Leto is a great character. I mean, I think we we need to see uh, Leto as like a like a a father failing or maybe you know like going down like uh, you know this father figure that actually is um, make, make make mistakes. You know, uh, I think it's 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 really interesting, and mm. I think this look is amazing. Every, everything that happens in the trailer with with Leto, uh, it's it's incredible. Mm, very that. very eloquent, man. Absolutely very succinct. And yourself, uh, Mark. Marcus, sorry. See what I mean? It's gonna. It's, oh God, Marcus, go for it. Yeah. So I think if you asked me before the casting, like who I would have chosen as as uh, Duke Leto, like I wouldn't have. I don't think Oscar would have come to mind. But like as soon as I saw him, like the the first uh, first moment in the trailer, I feel it really really fits. I think in terms of the. Um, the, the way he's he's carrying himself i think even just his experience and like how like he was described in the book as well even even that that, that fits like the uh the olive skin and like knowing about the, the greek uh, ancestry like i think like he can sort of uh, fit in that role as, as well um and yeah he definitely captures that 
I think as uh, you were saying, the the weight of the of the situation. Like he he has, you know, he's he's worried about his family. He's he's a uh, uh, he, he's a, a, a father husband. Like he's worried about what's what's going to happen to them when when they go to uh, to Arrakis. And he's like responsible for all the these uh, the people on the planet. He's going to be leaving his people. He's he's taking like all this army with him. He doesn't know like you know what's what the situation will will be. So I think he. He he knows that they you know it's a uh, almost impossible situation that 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 they're going into, and he has that that weight, you know, like how mm -hmm. how can I uh, make make it uh, through this? So I think he's also has some conflict inside him. Mm, yeah, well, that's that's a, absolutely yeah that that is a very keen observation. And one thing that I when I see a character in like a film or when I'm reading a book and, and I know that there's there's um there's something haunting them there's something uh like a great weight a great expectation like who can't like relate to that first of all um and uh long before uh John uh, George R. R. Martin did his you know he dropped his you know the mic about Ned Stark with you know, uh, people reading Dune for the first time in 60s are like Leto's cool he seems like okay so he might be the hero and then you know uh, and uh, I saw George R. R. Martin, he gave a quote like, Tolkien uh, inspired me from Gandalf, you know, this figure that sort of passes away at a certain point. And he's like, when you kill Gandalf, anyone could die and the tension went up. And so I was reading, uh, goosebumps, I was reading the uh, the graphic novel adaptation, which is so far so beautiful, the one that was recently released. And a couple of shots then in mind for Lita, where basically as I'm reading this, I'm obviously imagining how Villeneuve is gonna do it. You, Mark, Yes, mm -hmm. that's right, Mark. Um, I can't, okay, let's let's. We have to do another name. Do you guys either of you have nicknames that I can use? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. You know that silence was so like. Okay, I'm gonna now. It's okay. I will do. I'll, I'll do this. Okay. So, what's okay? Surnames. You don't have to tell me. Um, fuck. It's it, no. It's the thing is, Amelia. It is different enough that it is not justified for me to be like Mark A, Mark B. I can't. It's Marcus. So Albert, get it together and just fucking call them what their name is. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, no, no. So, so yeah, I was reading, I was reading this, and and specifically, there's two shots for 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 Leto. It is when uh, Ua po poisons him, and, and it is it is his death scene essentially. You know, uh, oh sorry, in the, in the corridor and everything before he's brought to the Baron, and the tone shift that as i'm reading it i can imagine you know how when again i don't know it's probably because i've just done a bunch of jurassic the jurassic podcast admin i have it on the mind but there's a very definite tone shift in jurassic park when the fences go out you know when it's like where did the car stop and it's the t-rex paddock and that for me when i was reading the adaptation of dune is that's what happens it's like what's going on he wakes up and he doesn't see anyone and it's and you see it from later like that that shot i can see it in my mind's eye of how Villeneuve will handle like yeah oscar like going out and then it's this and the fucking harkonnens are there you know and then the the vibe of the movie changes to this the tension has finally broken and the invasion has begun um yeah he yeah the shout out mapes yes and this and, and and she was tough so I think it was. I mean, it, it, it's a it's a scary in the book. I remember clearly. It's such a like a gray, really dark scene for for like. I mean, it's it's pretty strong. It's 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 a great chapter actually. Yeah, very very like the tension tension building. And then the other scene is uh um is when he's just about to you know bite down and try and kill the Baron, and he has that memory of him younger with 
you know, with uh, Rebecca, I almost called her, but yeah, with um, with Jessica and with, you know, uh, uh, baby Paul, you know, with the kite playing with, you know, um, yeah. So yeah, it's, and so then I, I keep thinking of how Oscar, because he is such a versatile actor, like we'll, um, we'll portray that, but um, all of you brought such insights to this very first of, I'm sure there will be probably 20 or 30 <laughs> frames. Um, and uh, I maybe, actually fuck it we can go as long as we want as long as you have time guys we can go as in-depth as we want yep. okay all right shall we go to the next shot guys yep i'll just um, point out he's got he has got the little atreides hawk on his uh right there. on his shoulder as well boom right nice there. little detail there yeah nice absolutely oh um emilio or or actually marcus do we have any information on where um specifically this this opening plate was shot or is that just when they yeah it's yeah. based on uh now <laughs> let me just check talk among yourselves while i'll just oh, okay no worries yeah no so for me um again because i am really it just reminds me of the lead up to to the lord of the rings did you do that by the way um uh marcus did you uh leading up to something like lord of the rings or whatever you'll you'll like dive into the existing material and then just sort of project and imagine like, hey, how will they adapt it? Do you do a bit of that? Yeah, uh, that definitely. So when, when we were doing the Lord of the Rings movies, I remember rereading re the, the, the books uh, several times because I'd read it first in, uh, in in primary school, actually. So like when, when the movies were coming out, I wanted to, to read all yeah. of them uh, through again. Specifically, like, for example, like I saw the trailer of uh, um, Fellowship of the Ring. It must have probably been ahead of another movie because we didn't have the internet as much then. And then I threw myself in, and everything I was reading, I was reading Lord of the Rings. Everything had the the, the sort of mental palette of the, of the trailer. And so, did you do that with Lord of the Rings? Like you saw the trailer, then you dove in, and everything you were just imagining how how it would be done. Yeah, I think it was like as soon as the movies were were announced. But like now with Dune, I actually did did do that. I reread the book after the trailer, so I I was picturing like all the all the people. Oh my god! See, that's amazing, and no wonder because you're so like constantly exposed to to it through the you know the Dune Newsnet that premise that you've been basically immersing further and further that to the point where because you're seeing the the newest stills, for example, we might even as we go along discuss some of the um footage that kind of came out uh you know shot off like you know from you know off screen or whatever um uh that 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 would have that that would be you know as you're going through you're like oh wow okay well because i'm just reading it now i'm so immersed into in villeneuve's universe so now when i read it I, it's like you're reading and you see how villeneuve would do it uh, did you um dive into any of villeneuve's movies or watch like later on 2049 again to kind of like color your mind a bit so we, we've we actually been, been doing like a countdown on on Discord, like look, looking at the past uh, past movies. I did an article on the site about that as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm keeping along with with that, like watching like from from his first movies uh, up up until uh, Arrival and Blade Runner, which we're going to do in the summer. So listeners, if you think you're a real Dune community member, think about how comprehensive Marcus over here is 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 structuring, like almost like an itinerary of appreciation. So just step it up. If you have, if you're not looking at every single available Dune thing and Villeneuve thing, ask yourself: Do you like Dune? Do you love Dune? <laughs> ask yourself that. So I just want to call the the false believers out. I'm kidding. You're all fine. It's fine. Um, I think this month was um, like Enemy, right? At the beginning of May. Am I right? Enemy. Because uh, uh, yes, yeah, the, 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 yeah, on the Discord, yeah, and then Prisoner next weekend. I think it is. Yeah. 
I'll shout the fuck out. Send me that. I will do up a nice, uh, you know how I do the posts and stuff, um, uh, Marcus? I'm more than happy to kind of give a crack at the sort of the Dune podcast version of like, my pal, fucking Dune Newsnet is doing this. Go do it. Go follow him now. <laughs> so I'm happy to do that. Just send me the, the schedule, okay? That would be great. And if you're wondering, oh, Albert, why don't you just go to Discord? I have a gigantic existential dread about Discord. For some reason, it just, <laughs> anytime I use it, it just, I don't like it. It's just that I, I like to set up and arrange when people can, we can speak. And the idea of anyone being able to jump in and like talk to you, I would just fucking shrivel into like fetal position and not be able to handle my life, you know? So. And, and I, I can say that if you are looking for a, sort of those communities, there's been like a, outcropping of all these different Dune communities on Discord. Like there are some like really large ones with like 5,000 people, but then there are smaller ones which are tied to a specific uh, podcast. So there, there's okay. really something something for, for everyone, like uh, okay. whether you're in for like small group or- Well, with your encouragement, Marcus, and I can put my little floaties on and I can try swimming in the Dune pool again soon. <laughs> but thanks for being patient with me. So Mark, do you have some information for us? Yes, so, um... This island, it looks like it was based on a shot of uh, Lothenten. I'm probably okay. mispronouncing that terribly, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a series of archipelagoses in up in Norway. Mm -hmm. um, so there is there is one that is does have that sort of split in the in the cliff, perhaps yeah. not as uh, pronounced as that, but uh, yeah, it appears that it was shot around there. And that detail of the split cliff is that mentioned in the in the book, or is that a, a, a Villeneuve Liberty? Uh, I think that's a Villeneuve Liberty, yeah. Liberty, right there. Absolutely, okay. Villeneuve Liberty. Um, I'm looking right now. One thing again, because of this sort of slow pacing we're going at, this uh, appreciatory, uh, appreciative um, experience. I love the fact the that, like the castle. I've never, I never pictured like that castle Caladan in my mind. But I love the fact that it's like carved in stone and yeah. in the water so i picture everything like really like moisty like rock and water you know that yeah i i i i was impressed because mm. it feels like old you know something carved in the mm. a castle carved in the stone Incredible. definitely and in the comics for example like castle caladan is way more vertical like it's way more like i guess edge of you know dracula's castle kind of thing but what i like about this is um uh, oh yeah, I'll finish my detail from before, which was basically yeah, going at the speed. You notice things, and I just noticed two flags there of the Atreides, you know, hawk uh, on each of those buildings there. Um, you know, I think at this stage, speculating about what building would be what, I think you know what that's maybe a bit too in depth at this stage. But needless to say, it looks very nicely, beautifully laid out. I see the little port there. Um, there's a, a, it still maintains what Dolnuv is going for, which is a sense of um, it's almost like yeah, it's just it's. I will say stark, I would say. Uh, it doesn't look too ornate from here, but again, this is a fairly zoomed out shot. I love the little lighthouse in the bottom right. <laughs> I can really, really dig that. Beautiful. Um, and, uh, and, and also when you look in further, you can see the very distinctive um, Greek looking uh, trees. You know how you have in like various depictions of Greek mythology or whatever, like there's just, um, now, Mark, you need to put a boundary down because anytime I feel like an image coming up, I might end up asking you to bring it up, but you don't have to. If you can Google <laughs> Greek-looking Greek trees, it's those like kind of straight... Cypress, a cypress. Cypress, there you go, exactly. Um, amazing. So, but I, I overall absolutely love it. I just love how it's just more mellow. 
uh, and I, I I have the feeling of them respecting the horizon, respecting the like not wanting to jut out too phallically in in, in defiance of the water uh, because they see themselves as the water, you know. Um, which is yeah, it's hopefully maybe they'll they'll over in Gaty Prime there will be a lot of vertical jutting what fuck you kind of like you know design language, whereas here it sort of communicates something more mellow more that that is integrated more with its environment um whereas with arrakis the environment is very much against you so just those are some riffs did you have anything on those riffs um uh emilio no you're all good uh ma and i i, I love you, the fact that it's like that everything is more like rounded mm. uh, as yeah. you said like against the the, the phallicness or the straight lines everything seems rounded mm. uh in the right. uh, like in in an architectural way in, on castle Caladan. Uh, but I, I think it, it, it's it's a it's a nice way to, to think of castle actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what you just made me think of because uh, you know how much we're like diving into it and the level of design language, with having given him and I'm going to throw this to you actually, uh, Marcus, with having given himself the two film breathing room, I'm reminded of what Peter Jackson did with. Uh, King Kong, which he didn't split it into two films, but he certainly let his scenes breathe and he let his build up to things breathe. And there were monologues, and it was. I love King Kong for that reason. It's just such this uncompromising vision of like the movie, the story is exactly three and a half, whatever hours long. Uh, but Marcus, um, do you think we could possibly, because of this, you know, increased, you know, length of time to tell the film possibly three? Because who knows? I don't know if WB will do it. They did say, I think I heard them mention, hey, it part one it part two we, we are not going to do a trilogy we fucked up with the hobbit we're not going to do a trilogy you know <laughs> and and i'm sure they're still hurting from that but do you think we might spend a nice good more chunk of time at uh caladan to help build up uh like what might we arrive at arrakis like 40 minutes in instead of 20 minutes in? go for it um uh, marcus yeah I, and uh, actually that's Pretty much what we've been uh, been hearing because uh, some people have already been seeing the movie. So there's where we posted about that secret. So Dune has actually interviewed a, a fan who, who saw uh, a cut of the movie a couple of months ago, and one of the things that they talked about was that it was a pacing that it was a slower pacing, but not in a bad way, but in a in a good way that like there's more time to you know explore those uh, those environments and that um, you know the, the part in in Arrakis where they're in the in the desert and meeting Fremen that that's really towards the end of the movie. So it does mm. sound like that we'll, we'll get a good chunk of time in, in Caledon, you know, really understand the way of life of the of the trainees, like, uh, mm. and like uh, we'll see in some of the other, other scenes, like it seems that there's, there's a good amount of development of the of the characters on, on Caledon itself. So that's uh, that's really exciting. That's really one, good, thanks for that. Go yeah, for it. One, one thing that I'm sort of, I guess the only thing that I'm missing from, from this shot is, uh, of course you have Castle Caledon, but then you also have, uh, uh, Kala City, which is um, which is a, like a you know a, a bustling residential uh, commercial area. Uh, yeah. So I'm wondering if we'll get like other shots, or if, if that will appear at all, or if mm. for the purpose of the movies that they you know they've taken the liberty to make it feel like a smaller place. But yeah, that 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 is basically a, a city that's that should be next to the castle as well. Excellent. I hope we do get to go there because that would be yeah. Anything where there's that opportunity to, as Guillermo, Guillermo Toro would say, is just witness the world outside the frame, um, which he did really well with Pacific Rim. Definitely like the kaiju cults and stuff. You just you they 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 might be walking down like a, an alley and you just you literally like feel like 
following them and like yeah the protagonists are interesting but i want to see that too which um and i'm gonna you know how i do this folks i collect i really do manifest things so for the series the sisterhood i i truly hope for it not to be the only dune spin-off series in its own in its own organically grown way nothing kind of disney announcing like 50 things but at least one other series would be great where if it's gonna be all sisterhood focused that's fine but i would love a sort of fly on the wall average day life of like whatever gaty prime um they're doing this with andor like this idea of the citizenry like getting away from the 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 atreides kind of uh, you know situation with that kind of the prophecies and, and all this stuff that would be so wonderful to just get to immerse ourselves more in, in these worlds and i think that the books that you showed us before mark um uh of the you know adventures through the imperium i cannot wait to read through that and as i'm reading picture how they could adapt this into a game into you know um a series that would be amazing if anyone didn't have any riffs on that particular idea um i'm happy to move to the next frame how do you feel next frame yep. okay let's yep. do it and i hope you're doing the same alongside us listeners here we go case in point if I'm just going to say it. If Dune is all about, literally, I'm sorry, it's right there, the motif. So you have the Shai Hulud are basically just phallic creatures. It's just, it's penis land, essentially. It, it's symbolically in terms of the masculine harshness and stuff, right? Uh, this is all symbolic. symbolic and, um, and then you have Caladan circle shapes, you know, the vagina or whatever, like the feminine and like the, the water having that feminine connotation and uh the 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 palette you know uh of the blues of the of the of the deep greens you know all very deliberate i i love that they're they're coordinating it that way and i love that we're seeing yeah you know this uh, circle shaped portal i love that i can't wait to see the the harsh the harsh architectural choices with with arrakis which they have to be because of the elements there they have to be harsher with how how softer everything is i think that'll enhance the viewer's sense of oh well you know paul is literally moving completely shifting 180 into a brand new world so uh thoughts on this frame i will throw it to marcus first yeah i think that this this really captured that that feeling of the that they are living in a feudal society like a really you know it combines that element of uh of uh bringing the fantasy into, into the science science fiction mm. um yeah and i just love all this uh, attention to the to the detail like so like uh yeah the, the, the archway like the, the people in the hallway like all that that furniture like uh, they've, they've definitely spent spent a lot of time like thinking of every single detail in, in these yeah. uh, castle scenes and, and that that makes me convinced that they are indeed going to be like spending a good amount of of, of time like in in the castle as well mm, that's right sorry about the noise guys now me and my again i don't know if it's because i've got my mind in, in in a few different places that's why i actually quite love doing these sort of in-depth ones because i get to kind of anchor my mind to this one topic i hadn't actually put together folks i don't know if i'm dropping any revelation bombs but what the lovely servants there are doing they're actually packing up those are shipping containers that uh, you know the the orange over there um and i that possibly could be uh, rebecca um uh, jessica there in the distance but uh Otherwise, this one, a fairly simple, straightforward storytelling frame. So happy to move on unless there were Ma. Well, there's, there's, there's two there's two uh, things in this scene. Yep. One is the thing that they're packing up on the left of the frame is the bull's head. The bull. Um, oh, shit. So, oh, fuck. 
how did I not notice that? Dude, this guy over here, Mark, with the insights. I had not noticed that. I thought that the the, the horn was actually because the, the servants are wearing these white um, like under jackets. I actually thought it was like a servant bending down, but that absolutely is the bull's. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so we saw the bull on the tombstone mm -hmm. and now we've seen the bull's head, which is, you know, it reoccurs throughout the novel. So yeah. it, I, I love that they've got that detail in there. And also there was an interview with Oscar Isaac where he talks about saying goodbye to the servants on Caladan. Mm. So I'm assuming this is going to be this scene because we've got the servants lined up there. Oh. So it feels very much not necessarily this exact moment, but uh, certainly in, in this kind of environment. Mm. I can see that being a very, yeah, sort of a heart touching farewell to them. And they do, yeah, they do look sort of lined up ready there. And all throughout, as I, um, sometimes like when i was reading game of thrones i was like why do they have to move and so i like obviously the there's obviously reasons explained later and there's prophecies involved and everything but it makes you sometimes feel like why couldn't they just stay on calendar and they look so happy you know but i guess there wouldn't be any story there and it's you know the Bene Gesserit have their big old plan but there you go um but that's thank you for coming in with that and, my, and by the way feel free to interrupt i might be like connecting things but just like if you have a thought just jump in people for sure um but yeah, like unless there were other um, insights, I'm more than happy to jump to the next one. How's that? Shall we? Okay, let's do it. Beautiful. I take silence as tacit agreement. Here we go. Beautiful. Oh, I love the wardrobe of this film, and Rebecca is amazing. Again, she. We can do the very same as we just did for Oscar. We'll do this for Rebecca Ferguson as Jessica. So Emilio. Rebecca Ferguson, Jessica Villeneuve, go. Oh, incredible. I love her acting here. I, you, you can see they're in the same place because of the vessel of the last scene. I love the fact that Vessel is just besides her. Uh, I, I mean, this, this is the part when when, the, when Gaius Helen Mohayam said uh, that, it, that his father is loosened you know, yeah. and and she and then then she has that face. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can see she's concerned too because of the destiny, yeah. the future, whatever. Uh, and I I love her. I've I've grown to love her uh, since I <laughs> since I knew she was playing Rebecca. I think mm -hmm. she's greatly casted. I think she has a lot of 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 faces, a lot of you know she like she's very expressive. Her, She's not. Yeah. Like, she's not like too stoic. Like I've seen her. Obviously, we're gonna see a, a, a huge spectrum of, of of grief. Exactly. You know, later with her when, acting but, yeah. spectrum is really wide. I think mm. as, mm. I mean, just j j just by the trailer, you know, mm. uh, it's gonna be wide. <laughs> I mean, I see uh, when I notice. It's interesting. I notice the clothes first, like dressed in black. It's almost like pre-morning. It's like it's this sense of like morning in advance of, of what's to come so those black and yeah i don't know that's crazy and then obviously we'll see later with the ceremonial that she wears when she arrives you know which has now been become kind of iconic in its own uh respect i think i saw like um like some funkos of it or whatever i was like oh wow i didn't expect that that's that's kind of cool that we're seeing these different um um i want to ask you mark I oh, will get there, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you do you do the the sideshow uh, with the the collector with the statues and stuff? Uh, um, I probably will do for June. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I can see. I don't um, know if you saw the term Prime One have uh, announced that they're doing some uh, June figures. 
yeah which will yeah. probably be very 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 expensive because i'd look at their other stuff and it's they're very they're lovely, highly detailed they're yeah uh, those ones though they they get away from any notion of like uh, like they just they go beyond collectible it's just an actual work of art in in that and if you think about the amount of fucking thousands sometimes often inordinately overpriced art when you think about the amount of care and attention is put put into those sculptures it's it's quite extraordinary so um i think that'll be really beautiful to see some of like some like her in this um garb here that'll be really nice uh, um and now i want to ask uh, Marcus, thoughts on Jessica as, sorry, Rebecca as Jessica. Yeah, great casting and like everything I've seen from her in, in the stills and trailers, she really captures that, uh, again, like the conflict of the emotion, like, you know, her, her loyalty to, to House Atreides, but she's also been a Jesuit and like that conflict that she she deliberately took the, the choice to, uh, to, to have a different child than, than, than they expected. Um, so yeah, I think it's, uh, that, that, that definitely like excited to see her her portrayal also some later scenes for me rebecca with the mission impossible films actually really demonstrated uh in those films against spoilers uh three two one she is um uh, she is on the inside with the enemy um in, in in her introductory film which i believe is rogue nation and um that sense of needing to put on a put on a face you know put on a brave face put on a different face to kind of de depict something different than you're feeling to kind of and this is what she's doing she's she's a covert uh Bene Gesserit, you know essentially you know like she has ulterior motives for where she is um for, for the sort of circle she finds herself in and again very similar and that may also be something she relates to with later even though that'll also be the source of their clash which is okay yeah well you're we, it's like we're, we're in that same scenario, you know, like you're someone who um, who sees all these things and me, I'm someone who is with someone who sees all these things, but 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 can't really see them myself. And so they may actually share a bit of like, you know, I would love for there to maybe be a dream sequence or something or where they where there's that to sort of tug at the heartstrings just to kind of make it feel like make you make the audience feel like, well, if things were different, then things would have played out very differently, you know, with um, no no Arrakis, no Farconans, no, no, no Bene Gesserit, uh, you know, I believe that if she disobeys the Bene Gesserit, it's, it's death, right? Like it's, it's that intense to be Bene Gesserit, right? I mean, I, I she, I'm sorry. That's okay. Hey, go, go, go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah. Go ahead, I think she, I mean, she, she went against the Bene Gesserit when she conceived a son mm. instead of a girl, first of all. Mm. But I think, I mean, because but yeah that, that, yeah, yeah that 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 failure that it's not quite a failure mm. but in the breeding program of the venegasri is uh i mean it's taken as one mm. changed the curse of uh of the whole history of all the, the breeding program and uh it was an act of love mm. and i think that's what's really interesting about her character i mean the 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 jessica's act of love is being i mean it's what uh, unleashes uh, great consequences. Uh, That's right. Uh, so, uh, I, I mean, I think she, she it, it's it's a really interesting position because Benegasidi are like uh, tough and, mm. you know, and love, it's not really, and maybe like to love the emperor or the duke, it's it's not really Benegasidi, but, but she 
and you and you could say you could say she is like against in a way of the benegacity but she comes back i mean the the sisterhood is such a it, it, the, the the training is 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 so deep i mean it, it changes everything uh, uh but i i it's it's a great character and i love uh rebecca obviously i i'm, I'm cut it out of argument because i'm really excited well i mean that what you said there about love having those consequences and you know again way way long before it's like lucas like love and light to him star wars is great but he could not get enough of taking influences from you know i mean you have all that sort of tattooing stuff but then you have from the prequels this thing of the forbidden love which is directly from uh you know from dune so but uh marcus thoughts on um actually no i've thrown it to everyone have i thrown it to everyone mark right that's that's just yourself or have i Help me, help me, people. <laughs> has has everyone spoken about her? We went, we went, we went through this picture, but uh, I, the, the, the next scene is like the hand of the duke really concerned okay. on her on her neck. Okay, as long as everyone has said said everything, we can we can move yep. forward. All right, next frame. There we go. Excellent. And then what I love is that that frame. I've actually paused it in between the two. Um, I realize we're going much slower than first time. It's because I want to talk about each frame. And I do have uh, only 50 more minutes, guys, because then I have another show. <laughs> so, Marcus, how about instead of, even though, again, we, as you can see, let actually, let's, I want to give you guys, viewers, an example. If we gave ourselves even more time, and these were like two-hour episodes instead of one-hour episode, episodes for each 30-second chunk, um, just so you know, the level of richness on screen sustains that level of discussion, that length of discussion, and um, uh, it's it definitely merits that level of examination for sure. Um, so what I might do is uh, we'll we'll just go through. Oh wow, I'm so sorry about these notifications. Oh bet. Um, just go through. So that goes into the beautiful shot of Arrakis, and then what I've paused now on is we, again. There's this beautiful focus, and see how the what did I tell you, Amelia, about editing? Suddenly the trailer is following Rebecca. Literally, it just took Rebecca, and then now we follow her to the nape moment, and then we follow her to being in front of. Uh, see again, that's just beautiful storytelling, right? Again, within this tiny little, um, uh, you know, premise of the trailer. So. Um, and what I might do, guys, I'm, and I'll literally just pause on the frame. So I'll just say that, what we're looking at, mm -hmm. and then whoever wants to speak, speaks. If no one wants to speak, we move on, right? So I'll simply say to the group, whoever wants to speak can speak. Rebecca in her ornate, uh, very, it's almost like pre-morning kind of thing, but um, her, her outfit. So first of all, I guess, Mark, uh, the name of this particular garb, is there a name within the Gen Bene Gesserit? Is there like a name for it? Um, I don't. I, this this looks like something unique for Villeneuve's June. Okay. I think. Mm. I don't think there's anything in the in the book like this. Mm. And it's, I'm not sure if it's Benny Gesserit or if it's Caledonian, if, that, if that's uh, a word. I would say Caledonian, um, and I would also say very Hindi inspired for sure. With the with the, the jewelry down the um down the parting. Um, did you have something, uh, Marcus? Yeah, just love the transition from from that scene like she's in the really dark uh, dark clothes you know like really really worried and then it's like now she's emerging into the sunlight and you have that that element of, of beauty and uh, it's, uh... absolutely and she is joined on either side by her fellow i would say maybe her attendants or would they be fellow bene mm -hmm. Gesserit, or just attendants or noble women i don't think we know at the moment okay. i'd say attendants but uh yeah me too who knows <clears throat> I, I I mean I love the translation. I I think I absolutely concur with the uh, 
with the light and the uh, clothing and the fact that before this we were watching the sands and now we're watching this like movement on her garment i love that mm. and i think she's dressed as, as the first concubine of the duke i don't i don't find any guess at it in this mm. more than she is one of the most important benegasides in the power <laughs> there you go i want to open this to the scholars of dune i have gathered with me so the the particular use of the phrase and that term concubine is that from frank wanting to lend the story a sense of historicity that there was like a sense of you know a medievalness to it um because there is an element where i i actually asked myself i was like love you herbert you're great but if you swapped concubine for just the word princess for whatever reason would anything at all objectively change no right because unless that's the sense is, is yes. like how, yes yeah, i mean it, case, it would yeah. because like um <clears throat> yeah 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 prince uh prince uh, yeah duke later like he is keeping himself open for strategic marriages right yeah so in in june it's very much a, a feudal society that's what herbert based it on yeah so the, okay. the concubine sort of fits into that i think all right perfect no worries easy peasy just for people wondering because some people wanted to know and then i also had a bit of curiosity too so we now have obviously we just discussed um uh oscar uh, earlier but we have him in his armor there um he looks to looks behind him actually to his son and we mentioned a bit earlier about his bond with his son here we're at one minute and 11 seconds so 20 more seconds in the in the sorry 19 more seconds in our material that we'll be looking at today um and so i mean see going forward with 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 chalamet which is we've we've looked at we, we, we've talked about paul as uh sorry as um with timothy as, as paul before uh, how i literally think he looks like an actual mouse like he just it's perfect like it's fucking perfect casting like mark hamill as uh you know uh, luke skywalker levels of perfect and my main thing with him is obviously is the ways in which Villeneuve will make his journey interesting, which I think with um, John Carter, how I know that um, uh, Andrew Stanton had to deal with this post Star Wars effect of, well, I've had, you know, Star Wars kind of like, you know, did this thing and then sort of popularized it. And so then if I stick to just the source material, there may be a sense. And even people were saying like, yeah, John Carter just looks like Star Wars is like, well, it technically did it first. But by the time you've said <laughs> that, people have already closed their windows of interest. And, and that film, sadly, even though I think undeservedly, I love that film for, for what it is. So a quick roundtable on how Villeneuve will make Chalamet's Paul more like different. I mean, one thing is, you know, there's that ecological aspect. There's a uh, what what sort of modern um, sensibilities? What what sort of different Villeneuvian sensibilities do you think will uh, Villeneuve uh, will make um, will use to make Paul unique in this film? I'll, I'll throw it to Marcus. Yeah, I think the important thing that differentiates him is he is like a very complex uh, character. I mean, I don't I won't go into the subsequent. Uh, like story beyond the first book, but basically he he's not your hero in in a sense. Like mm -hmm. there there's a lot like going in deep inside him, like some dark things uh, as well. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, just looking at at the scene, like we we see you know like him him smiling uh, like in the in the in the sun, like looking really bright, and just like 
a, a bit earlier in the trailer, we saw the scene where where he was with uh, the Reverend Mother, and we we see him like uh, 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 like screaming, and we see him uh, yeah. concerned. So like just that that huge range of emotions, which I think uh, uh, Timothy has done like a great job of uh, of capturing. So I think we're we're really going to see like his uh, his emotional journey, like coming from like you know he he's not a normal child, but he still is a 15 year old, and he's going to be like uh, growing like from. Uh, basically a, a teenager into a, a man over the course of, mm. of the movie but like in a very different way you you just made me think I, I i sometimes again in my in my quest to manifest things into the best version of themselves i just had and it's important that i actually did this throughout the election i was stressing a lot and i would take ray aside and i would say i'm gonna put this out into words and so that it only exists from a sentence from me so that it doesn't happen in real in the real world so then i was like yeah trump's gonna win it's gonna be terrible world war three so i would just i would like say this to to kind of get it out of me so that it didn't happen in the real world what i do not want after this film is for the atlantic vulture.com whatever to write anything that says like as in i can just see the sentence in my mind's eye chalamet you know uh we get that this kid is trained in martial arts he's been training with his jedi mother for for years we get that that's part of the story but he felt distant he felt uh you know like we're supposed to be able to connect with him da 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 what, how do you think Villeneuve? because that that's a script problem in in some senses because with the 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 lore of the monomyth is that the character needs to relate you know like they need to see themselves in order for the story to be effective to some degree that's why with avatar it's this downtrodden like uh you know um uh, paraplegic person you know stepping into and then like building from there with going into a story with someone who is who is just has everything you know everything in the world you know uh, in terms of being you know the duke's son how do you think villeneuve will, will will make this relatable for people watching um i'll throw it to emilio well uh it's a big question uh i i really enjoyed the uh previous scene like that uh gaze on lido's eyes like where am i taking my son yeah it's like what am i <laughs> uh, doing yeah exactly like and, and he stares at him like what yeah. and i think uh what happens is this i think uh, paul gets you could say maybe colder through the book on his mm. journey of turning to, into a man. Mm. But I think at the beginning, he's like really uh, candid. He uh, He's, I mean, he's an emotional person. We all, I mean, I think it's some- Thank you. We, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna watch it right away. The uh, big hug with Duncan Idaho. Oh my um, God, you just, you just resolved that for me. Like, it's gonna be about the emotions. Like, fuck, fuck the, the, the trappings of whatever class Yeah, I remember, are. I remember. We can when, all relate every... to that emotional change, you know, yeah. moving house and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think he's in the, I mean, the, I think in where you can connect 100% with Paul is that he's um, going through, a, like, to a dangerous zone. And I think every, like, uh, coming of age story has that. I mean, you're growing you're going to maybe i mean arrakis is a, it's it's a great metaphor for a uh you know not so friendly environment mm. uh so i think teen teenagerhood and adolescence that you can think that not actually as something of the age but maybe of some uh you know process which is really intimate sometimes you you are uh, a teenage still in some in some phases and then you go through through stuff but all this thing, you know, uh, the 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 sweeping away of the position of the father, 
uh, he's like in in a in a new adventure in this new world, which which happens in teenagerhood. Like you get out of there, you it's get it's a very effective without, metaphor. Yeah, yeah. So I think you can connect from that face. And and what what we were saying the other day that Zendaya and 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 Paul uh, and Tim 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 they 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 bring that like to make it like right in your face like you know this is a story about teenagerhood also Mm -hmm. but you can uh, we've been go through i mean that everyone has go through that you know Mm. you know in a way okay i don't know i think i think that's the i think that's the only way that we we, uh, you can relate because that 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 what that's what happens when you read the book i mean there's a transformation here from a boy to a man as marcus just said beautiful very very eloquently put um, anything to add from anyone to Emilio's points, or we can move on. From anyone, we're good. Okay. Yeah, I think Emilio covered it all. Yeah. Okay. No worries. Off we go. And now we see them. Obviously, the beautiful shot from the back, stepping on. And now, actually, I don't have to ask. Hey, hey, Mark, which shot do you want me to to come on? Go to the next one. Come on, look at that next one. <laughs> go on. Yeah. One over. Well, there was just on that silhouette one. There was a, a shot from Arrival that was very, very similar. Oh, to, thank to that you, one. thank you. That's right. I appreciate that. I think you did a post about that. That's right, listeners. Um, just as you did with Galen, would you be able to do a flick through just so that people, this guy right here. Oh, okay. So I am going to draw up a contract. You have to show up to every one of these fucking recordings, man. It is so additive, and that is so. Again, I just want to say. Thank you so much, dude, for like enabling this. Uh, is are you using OBS? Probably, right? Um, it's actually called M M H H M M. Well, if you recommend it, dude, I'm gonna try and get myself trained up on that because that's fucking handy. I would love to use that for the shows. You know? Yeah, that's it's great. available for Mac and PC. I think it's officially in beta, but it seems pretty reliable. Well, and it's a lot I... easier to use than anything else. So. Yeah. So OBS is again mm-hmm. just like. It is in the naughty corner alongside like i've had genuine existential spells because of obs and um discord so it's like like with love like get better but fuck you you know like so but this mm-hmm, sounds fantastic uh amazing well uh, any comments uh marcus on the arrival shot <laughs> because because get it they're, they're literally arriving get it get it marcus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that that's the interesting part about looking back at uh, Denise's uh, um, cinematography, like because I think we are going to see a lot of the things for, foreshadowing um, in his in his previous films, like like how he talked about that for in, in Cindy's as, as well. Um, so I think that, that there's definitely a lot of connections that that can be drawn if you have the opportunity to go back and watch some of those uh, those earlier films. In the intro of this podcast, listeners, you heard uh, Denis himself say, the film of my life, definitely. He literally says that. So if he, and also his, you know, again, it's 50-50, visuals, audio, uh, Hans Zimmer, like he has also been saying like, yeah, I've basically been slowly making my way to doing a Dune, you know, a Dune adaptation, uh, the Dune adaptation, I believe. I don't think, yeah, I have so fucking hope for this for sure. And like two twin, super equally passionate people who are like, I've been thinking of this since I was like, you know, since I was a young kid. Love it, love it. Okay, um, yeah. And so yeah, if you could kindly, uh, awesome Mark over there with your mm-hmm app, you can step. Yeah, but maybe go to the next one because you know we just saw the, yeah, right one right over and boom, boom. Okay, so Mr. Lucas, 
I, I see what you did there with the sand crawler over here. Right? <laughs> now, help me edify me, folks, the sand crawler. Uh, is there anything in the books that describe, uh, is this a bit of reverse inspiration or did Herbert specifically describe vessels with this shape that then Lucas took for the sand crawler or what are we talking about here? I, th I think it's a bit of the reverse okay. <laughs> inspiration. Not bad, not bad. Um, certainly a book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and in the previous shot when we saw ships leaving Caladan, yeah. they were very small, but they did seem to have that angular shape. So presumably yeah. these are the same ones that left Caladan yeah. and are transporting everyone to Arrakis. Mark, thank you for using that word angular because it made it just it, it just clicked for me. Marcus, are we or are we not seeing throughout this film like an abundance of angular designs? Like people have talked about that with the um, a trader's armor, you know. Uh, I think for some people that was like, oh, I was expecting something more ornate. Da da da. What what is what is your vibe with like how angular and, and seemingly industrial uh, things are looking, including the ornithopters? Yeah, it, it is re really, I guess, practical. Like th these are practical. these are things that they're actually using. Like uh, the, the the comment from the uh, from the art department about like how they they created stuff. Uh, that they wanted to make it look like would would actually get up and fly, like whether it's like the size of a skyscraper or like the small things like the ornithopters, they wanted to make this like realistic stuff stuff that would um, would would make sense. So I I, I know that um, uh, just thinking about the scale scale of this. So these are the Trades frigates, yeah. and uh, like you see a couple of them here, and they're they're massive. Like just looking at the scale compared to the to the people like standing uh, yeah. down underneath, and like. A bunch of these things like fit in one corner of the the Highliner. guild highliners. Yeah. So it, j just imagine like the, the the size of those. So I hope we get some like nice nice shots of the highliners as well. For sure, for sure. In fact, um, speaking of vessels, actually, did someone have something else just then? Because I, I started hearing someone announce announce themselves. That's okay. We so obviously see a little squadron there. Uh, that even possibly may be you know Duncan leading his little squadron. Um, but then I'm fascinated by this lander in the middle, which definitely doesn't look like um, an ornithopter. Uh, it doesn't look like it has the wings of one either. It just simply looks like an like a dropship of some kind. You know the one I'm talking about right there. Um, it's like yep. smack in the middle of the frame. Um, any ships in the books describing described like that? Just this sort of you know, like let's just say an oversized ornithopter that's more more like like a Hercules. Uh, if an ornithopter is like a helicopter, then like let's just talk about like a you know a multi rotor like a larger ornithopter. Do you think we could be seeing ornithopter variants? You know, again, Denis finding little avenues of adding more detail and stuff. Go for it, people. Um, I don't know if there's anything described in the books. I can't okay. remember, but there are. From what we've seen, there does seem to be a couple of different ornithopter variations. Mm, that's uh, from small to large to uh, sort of transport and uh, military thopters. So mm, that's uh, right. I'm not sure if that's a thopter or if that's just a, a ground car or something. It's, it's hard uh -huh. to tell. Now give me, uh, Dune scholars gathered here, the in-lore explanation for why ornithopters over any other form of propulsion. Has it something to do with Arrakis's uh, atmosphere or is it uniqueness for sci-fi uniqueness's sake? What are we talking in terms of with such a emphasis on practicality uh, that a design that you may seemingly think, well, that propulsion style doesn't necessarily feel practical. Is that, yeah, go for it. How would, how would they tackle that? And is it simply just the multi-thousand year future version of, of propellers? But yeah, go for it. What's the reason? Yeah. 
I think some of it is, um, and I might be mixing up what's in the encyclopedia with what's actually in the, the canon, but uh, I think some of it comes from the fact that, you know, thinking machines are outlawed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they went, it went back to a simpler mechanism, even though it seems more complicated. That's interesting, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. But so it's, it's not unique to Arrakis. It's um, Foptas are everywhere around okay yeah. excellent okay excellent no worries yeah i think it was just like you know like this sci-fi uh um idea of frank herbert and i think uh, i mean it's nice and it it's nice to see that come to life in a way because mm. i remember uh, lynch's omnitor is mm, weird yeah. <laughs> uh, let's okay. let's let's say it's just weird. All right, all right, that's a, that's cool. And um, I think about connecting, going going back to nature, right? Because nature already has it perfected. So I guess it was inspired by that connection with with birds, basically. Well, well, see now I love both of you, uh, Emilio and Mark. But Marcus, right there, for me, you, you crystallize it perfectly, which is that the Butlerian jihad, or uh, what are they using instead of the jihad? Uh, the term in this crusade. The Crusade. Um, but they're going to use but both. It's used, both are used in the books, and both uh, use, yeah, apparently yeah. both will be used in the film. Excellent, excellent, and and that sense of when they decided, you know, that's it, like like changing that relationship with technology forever. Um, you know, we have Doom of Valyria. We have various things in different um, mythologies, you know, created and real, of like a big event that happens that shifts everything forever. And for me, what that perked my ears to is that. You can never go wrong with nature. Nature is what we ultimately return to anyway, you know, from like life into death or whatever. And so it's like when you have that sort of deference to nature, which is what the Fremen embody is that like, you know, they kind of bow their heads in a way where there's that coexistence. And again, Legendary are so suited for this because they basically spent four films training for Dune, which is four films about respecting giant things, which is the fucking monster verse, right? <laughs> so when you're looking at Godzilla walking uh, in 2014, and you see the texture of his like leg and stuff. And then you see that fucking Shai Hulud coming up and you see that texture and that reverence and the, oh, it's like, again, it was all building up to this, I swear. So that's gonna be beautiful. Um, and, and so yeah, nature deference and absolutely you, ha you have it right there. Now going forward for me, when I see the Ornithopter, it's like, we actually just took what worked for nature. The dragonfly was one of the earliest, I believe, um, iterations of just any creature that could fly in, um, in nature if you look this up i actually did some because we do have the sword podcast who uh, made an album called warp riders and they describe creatures called odanatar and odanata is the scientific latin name for the the family uh, uh, the genus of of dragonflies and they are primordial they are tying in with that sense of the shai hulud being super primordial um and this is obviously thematic. I know you say, hey, it's different. It's they're, they're on other places apart from Arrakis, but that fucking jihad was everywhere in the universe. And I would love to see, for example, other vehicles inspired by other animals that are like, I mean, I'm, I'm doing Horizon Zero Dawn stuff now. Uh, the idea of machines resembling, uh, animals resembling machines. So this was, this is so far like the highlight of this breakdown. And I'm so glad because I love learning that that like what's behind it and then i can go into like when i when we eventually do see these stopters take off i'll be like yeah that's right because they fucked up with technology and now they have this like beautiful 
you know, meeting in the middle because they still want to be able to do these things like navigate to other planets and still have a civilization, but it is all done with, yeah, human computers and I guess, you know, whatever pneumatic, what do they use for fuel, I guess? It's what's, uh, is it, what's, 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 how does well, it in work? The, in the encyclopedia, it's actually like a, a clam muscle. It's actually oh. organic. Oh, <laughs> but uh, I think that really? might just have been the encyclopedia. <laughs> wow, I think that maybe <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll find out <laughs> certainly in in the books and how Villeneuve has has done it. I think he's he is truly creating the be all end all version um, for sure. I would love to hear you know Schoenher's uh, family, you know John Schoenher if he has family, and then Herbert's family at the premiere later this year in Venice talking about oh yeah. My father's wishes and observations were super honored and all this stuff with like how quintessential it is. But um, but that's that's this shot. And I am more than happy to move into uh, let's OK, let's go time code. Uh, sorry to do this, guys, but uh, one. So one minute and 20. Is that OK if we do that one? Is that cool? Because we yeah. have the obviously them arriving. We have uh, the big hug. <laughs> <laughs> which is fantastic and then we have i mean i i would love to you oh, i just i gotta say guys there's a chance that in terms of timing like will we because oh, we have oh my god I, i'm trying to press pause but like it's just not working and i just realized within the next fucking 10 seconds we have ua showing up for the first time we have stilgar we have dave bautista and i want to do breakdowns of each one of them <laughs> and i have a podcast to record in like 20 minutes oh my god marcus is this is this is this is a good problem to have though is there's just so much yeah, yeah it's, it's been amazing because you, you you see like of course people are wanting to have the second second trailer and you know like more official information but there's just like so much already there like uh, you know like when you're actually in there and like looking at everything that's coming out each day there's, there's like it's mind-blowing like how much yeah. dune stuff we're getting this past year there you go. So what we'll do now for this last 20 minutes, just so we can keep it contained to the episode, what we will do in the in the next one, probably have a bit more time. We can refer to earlier shots, give them the due attention that they say, hey, can we talk about this one very quickly? So just for this span, and I just want you guys to just play it over in your various players, uh, one minute 20 to one minute 30, just play it, observe what's in that, and then pick anything you want to talk about. We have the Baron, we have the burning palm trees, we have Rebecca, we have UA, and then we have the Saudra car. So I just, and then we have Paul in his still suit, you know, that that comes later. But anyway, so we have, well, obviously there's the Baron. Do we want to end this episode on a sinister tone and dive into the Baron Harkonnen? I'm going to clip this out for Instagram. The Baron Harkonnen, I had a flash of us, for some reason, I had this flash of Villeneuve wanting to explore his childhood. I, I don't know why he's cast as a completely black and white villain in the books, essentially. But I would love to see like what got this man to this point of breaking and becoming so villainous. Uh, Emilio, what are we looking psychology wise for Stellan Sarsgaard's um, uh, Baron Vladimir Harkonnen? Yeah, well, I I think it's a um, I, I don't know if there's some like a mannequin character, you know, this is, is that a word in English? Like mannequin, like black, black and white. Oh but yeah. I yeah. So, it, monochromatic, I guess. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that what, what, I mean, the, one of the words that drive this character is like hunger, hungry right. of, of power, uh, hunger for having, uh, money i mean it's a spice he was he was a previous uh you know people placed there in doing like for harvesting uh 
the spies and then have to give him the like the taxes to the emperor and so now he's dude now now duke's there and you know all the all this came in uh, there is a a really like a famous quote of the of the baron harkonnen which is one of his first which is plan within plans and i think that described him really well he has this uh twisted mental i'm sorry for describing it but that's cool uh, no please go he has this twisted mental, which is, uh, I mean, mentats are hard to corrupt, and he 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 has done it. He he lives in Gaeli Prime, which is this, uh, like maybe, really hard. I think really hard to live planet mm. through 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 the through the millennia because mm. uh, that that planet evolves also with 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 the with the history with the story. Uh, but I don't know. I like I like uh, I. I think this sequence, these seconds of of the trailer, just tell us what are we gonna find in Arrakis. So we are we yeah. we, we we got Duncan Idaho, then we have Stilgar, and then we start to everything crumbling down. We have Glasu um, uh, Raban, then the Baron, and then Yui, our mm -hmm. dearest Doctor friend. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think I don't know what happens in this shot. It, it, I mean, it's really clear, and this as a, as a trailer, I think it works as a storytelling trailer. He just said, "Kill them." I mean, they, that's oh my god, that's his opening line, and like fucking kill that, them. Exactly. In the trailer, oh. that's that's the that's the only thing it says. Like, okay, kill them. That, that's it. Uh, and I think, I mean, what what we've seen because I think we haven't seen like a like a great all you know frame of the Baron. Um, but I think that's that's that. I mean, that particular photo of like the camera back of him and just like taking this yeah. this tiny part of the face and he just like there in a really ghostly, ghostly demonic uh, thing. I mean, ghostly. That's important yeah. too. Yeah. Thank you, Arcade. The beautiful supplementary material, specifically to add what you were saying, Emilio. The bottom right picture you have there, Mark, of that. See how he looks almost like just like a like a sad child or like a sad baby kind of thing. Like he just looks haunted, you know? Uh, again, that sense of the different dimensions that we can see to, to him, even though he's a man of great dimensions. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so yeah, so yeah, and I wanna throw it to, I didn't, if you had more points, I didn't wanna interrupt you, Emilio? No, I okay. just, I was I was thinking about the Baron and, and uh, I think the next, I don't know. I was just thinking about it, and then the fire of everything. You know, he's connected. Like after after the room comes the fire. I I, I find it. I find it that that sequence. I find it really good. Awesome. Awesome. The last uh, ten seconds of the trailer. Sorry, of of this particular, you know, collection of seconds of this trailer. I'm gonna throw it to Mark. Your thoughts on that beautiful intercutting between. Uh, you know, we have. First of all, if you wanted to say anything about Bautista as Raban. Go for it. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's going to be pretty interesting. He's he's been one of the more vocal uh, actors talking about Dune. That's probably because he's got his new movie out. That's right. Yeah, um, Army of the Dead. So there's been, he's been talking about Dune quite a lot. Uh, he's worked with Villeneuve before. He, he was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He killed it uh, as Sapa. I just wanted to say that. Sorry. Go for it. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm very happy with that casting. He he seems to fit the bill perfectly he's perhaps a little older than he is in the books but mm -hmm. that's that's not a problem at all i don't think uh so yeah he's i'm really looking forward to seeing his take on raban mm -hmm. uh because 
we've we've seen very little of the Harkonnen um, so far. No shots of Gady Prime. Yeah. No shots of Piper. Only a brief shot of uh, the Baron, and you know, just a couple of shots of uh, Raban. So, yeah, we. I'm hoping that Trailer Two might be more baddie focused, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> um, give a yeah. bit more of an idea of the threat, because mm. at the the trailer we've got is very much Paul's journey, which is okay. Fair enough. <clears throat> I'm maybe... gonna do. A, I'm gonna do a mind's eye cinema. Next second trailer, we're gonna have a literal. You know, you know how we see, um, uh, we see him. Um, there you go. That thank you. A shot of him in in that right yeah. there, but flying up. You know, because he can do this floating thing, which makes him a very unique villain right there. So you know, what you should do. You should just step out of frame, and then it's just him. Can you just step out of frame? Thank you, because that is the new. Yep, yep. Thanks. That's the new co-host. Okay. Just want you to just. I, I just want you to puppet different. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing our fourth co-host, a very oh god, he's coming for us! Oh my god, that's crazy. that's terrifying! Wow, I love it! Gosh, amazing! But no, he's again with this thing of this like completely over overwhelmingly like he's so fat like and it's described he's colossally fat in that way where I mean I looked and I think it looks like they looked at like sumo wrestlers it looks like they looked at like fat but imposing fat butt it is fat butt like threatening fat but like completely nightmarish you know and uh i do i do quite like that what they've done art direction wise with the harkonnens definitely um but we have to honor my friends this this last shot that uh, you paused on uh very well thank you mark unless you had any thoughts marcus about uh baron before we move on yeah, I think uh, in, in terms of the the Baron, he's only in a in a trailer for like a second, but he has the, that that huge impact, and that's consistent with what we've heard from people who have seen the movie. That he's he's not in the movie very much, but he leaves a really big impact. And some people have even been saying that they thought he, his was the best uh, performance. So um, I'm I'm really excited about that because in the in the earlier uh, film and miniseries adaptation, like he was that more like flat character, that that traditional William uh, almost a caricature. And uh, you know, almost laughable. But uh, based on what Villeneuve has has said and what Stellan Skarsgård have have said in the uh, in the interviews, it seems like they're they're going for that more menacing approach. Like he he's he he is like an intelligent person. Like he he's he's you know like doing all these these uh, schemes behind the, the scene. Like he's manipulating uh, different people. Like he may not be the person at the very top, but like he you know he has a clear understanding of how to play the game. Mm. There you go. That's it. I think you put that extremely, yeah, extremely succinctly. Very, very, very elucidating there. Um, Stellan, I saw him in um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Obviously, he's done Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, something where, and I say this of, of people who I just, I admire greatly. Same with Mads, actually. I actually Google's like, Mads Oscar nominations. Like, come on, he has, this man has to have won an Oscar. He hasn't yet. And I would love for this thing of, you know, how uh, Sigourney was honored with her um with her oscar nomination for for aliens i believe is that correct emilio like uh, he was she was nominated for an acting oscar uh for for aliens that's yeah and i would love i would love for the performances you know that's one thing with the lord of the rings like they got so many oscars but nothing no i don't think even any nominations for the performances and i would love for you know how nicole kidman got nominated and she actually won sorry for virginia wolf for, for me, I would like for Stellan to really see this as, you know, he's going to be in um, an upcoming, uh, he's going to be in Andor, I think he's doing the series, you know, but I want him to see like, you know, 
like I'm I'm the original Darth Vader, like kind of thing. I want him to feel like that sense of understanding that he has extra hard work to do, but because of this thing of Star Wars that has has come before him, uh, and and not only stepping up to that huge expectation, but like completely like just bringing himself so authentically to it. And the reason why I'm even thinking any of this uh, and like speculating in this direction is Marcus, what you said about he's in, he's in it for so brief, briefly comparatively, but he, he leaves an impression. And same with, you know, like Vader, he's sort of threaded throughout it. He's probably in it uh, less than Vader is in the original Star Wars. But I, I love characters like that, that, that are, there's that sense of, oh, you, you want to see more of them because there's just, there's that, so there's, the subtlety that like they're sort of they step back a bit and i would like for example if there's that three-stage reveal of like you can see the silhouette in the shadow kind of thing i mean we'll obviously see him full full blown in film one and then seeing him step out because there is i think he gets much more involved in the latter half of the uh dune is divided into three books correct yeah yeah exactly it is yeah mm -hmm. okay this all film right. seems to be covering the first two. First two let's talk about the elephant in the room frank herbert called his book this thing of it has three parts right yeah i think we're going to be looking at book one book two book three guys i think we are i think we are because the way that fucking um warner brothers are going to go about it is they're going to say look the hobbit look we fucked up because the hobbit was not in and of itself divided into three parts that was fucked up and that's that's why that didn't go so well However, Herbert specifically in the material itself, they can always just flag, f fly that like, hey, artistic authenticity, yo, we're being loyal to the actual source material with this book thing, you know? And you have Guardians of the Galaxy that use the volume thing, right? So I don't know if they, uh, book doesn't sound like the most, like, I guess, marketable thing if they wanted to make it unique. But just, I want to open up the floor to the idea that perhaps halfway through production of part two, we hear news of them deciding, you know, you know Villeneuve wanted to pay even more attention to the second half and it just grew naturally into three and it it so happens that Herbert had the three parts anyway so now it'll be this sort of trilogy of the first book what are the actual likelihoods of that go for it um Marcus yeah I think in terms of the the first book um because until where, where they're going to reach in this in this first film, it is pretty far in the book. Like because when we talk about those those three parts of the of the book, like the third part is actually pretty short. I think it's only like twenty three percent of the book. Oh, oh, okay. Um, and uh, I do think that uh, based on what we've been discussing, that they're going to like spend more time in the plan, so they're going to really expand on some things. And because Herbert didn't do a lot of description in, in that last part of the book, um, but yeah, I, I definitely see this this first dune novel being adapted into two films i i don't see that that changing but I, i'd love to see you know basically them them quickly following up with with dune messiah i think we really need to, to get that film like you know however much of a masterpiece dune is i think you don't get the complete story until you've um you've read or seen dune messiah you said it absolutely i i, I strongly believe that because uh, I approach things both artistically and then in terms of just how like presentation i guess you'd call it marketing or whatever frankly uh, you know the shirt you're wearing now, Mark? How beautiful. <laughs> yep. How how much can you already see it in your mind's eye? Dune, and then in the in the same font, Messiah, underneath that for the sequel. <laughs> uh, and and, and it, it would be interesting because that... So, question. Dune Messiah is a shorter book, correct? Yeah. Right? Yes. And this is something where I think by 
making a beautiful adaptation, he will have engendered the trust of the community, of the fans, of, of Hollywood, etc. Producers, and I think there will just be this this tacit understanding of like, okay, Villeneuve, you did good. You know what? We will let you call the next one Dune Messiah because I know you'll incorporate some elements of it um, potentially. Or do you think that they'll go with a completely different subtitle, or will they simply just go Dune and then two, just like just the two? I I or whatever. What are we thinking of? What would they call Dune Part Two? Uh, anyone who anyone who wants to take this one, go. Yeah, well, I um, I, I think the book is divided in um, in the first part, and the second book is called Muad'Dib. So I think uh, it it, sh it should be focused in uh, the Fremen uh, Paul's Fremen name. Muad'Dib, Dune Muad'Dib. That sounds good. I like that. That's good. Yeah, Muad'Dib, uh, or I don't know. And um, yeah, I think, I mean, that that's a possibility. I like the fact that Miss, the Dune Messiah is some sort of appendix of, oh. of the first of the first book because yeah. may, maybe in size and I mean, I mean, maybe in volume because of, I mean, it's, it's not a long story, mm. but I think it tells, it tells us a lot of what happens. And I think that was the movement uh, that um, Frank Herbert intended for the whole saga because you can see some things rising and some things uh, I don't want to spoil anything but mm. following as a, you know as, yeah. as, 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 as a complex hero figure that Paul is mm. uh, so I think it, I mean I, I completely agree with Marcus like the the actually Dune Messiah is the end of the of I mean they sh Dune should be actually for me at least four books and, and mm. do, do you miss say you, you can put it at the end of well i don't know because um, i mean it, it, it's it's a long time happening between the first book and do but uh i like i i like the fact that how things evolve for Paul yeah. after after you know after what happens in the first book i dig it i okay. dig it man now in honor of the last frame let's let's just do a bit of a sadhika um roundtable and then we'll wrap things up in the next five um wow so for the sadhaka this specific shot here of him descending now obviously i would take it that it's a jetpack but it does resemble and definitely look like like a cable of some kind they can go with you know yeah. whatever kind so of so yeah. this this actually seems to be from directly from the book although it's from a different scene in the book um uh but the Quote in the book is a rain of blue uniforms because the Sardaukar are meant to be disguised as Harkonnen in the book, but that mm. seems to be dropped in the film. So a rain of blue uniforms came over the cliff in a, in front of him, falling in low suspense of slowness. So in the same way that the Baron has suspenses to buoyance him, they also use suspenses in the book to sort of okay. slow descent. Wow. So that's low suspense of slowness. There you go. So those uh, are low suspenses that they're using. Uh, people wondering yeah. about that uh, particular, and they are very menacing. I, I consider them, um, you know, with the. Uh, I, I wonder if the the Sardukar are dressed in like Arrakis specific Sardukar attire because of the the harsh environment. Whether that's what they wear everywhere around around the, uh, the Imperium. Um, I'm very, very intrigued by them. I, I'm, I'm so keen on this book that was announced that's going to do a deep dive on the Sardaukar training. Like, I remember one thing from Halo that I really enjoyed was, you know, Fall of Reach. I, we actually saw the training of the Spartans, and I would love to see an examination of that. Um, 
uh it's probably not going to be too relevant to this particular uh, you know like this film but um thoughts on the sidecar let's start with uh mark um yeah i mean in the lynch film the sidecar were basically just wearing black bags oh <laughs> with God. like a green faced plate so I think these are a little bit better designed right yeah, I, I love Lynch's film. It's, there's, there's so much beautiful design in that, but a couple of things like the Sardaukar and the Atreides Hopter just kind of fall flat. Yeah. Uh, so these are looking much better. Um, they've, they've, uh, they've got the sword, so uh, we, we've, we see later on in the trailer them you know fighting with Duncan, so it'll be interesting to see their fighting style. Mm. Uh, we've had a couple of hints on their fighting style being... Um, I, I can't remember... The Harkonnen ones were brutal, I think, and uh, I can't remember what we were described for the um, mm. for the Saru car. But yeah, seeing seeing them in action as a an elite training force and not just people running around in black bags uh, should be interesting. <laughs> That's right, I can dig it. Well, I just got my little prompts for the next upcoming recording. So, last actual final wrap up thoughts of um, yeah, I suppose Saru car or or uh, did anyone have anything on that one there? On that yes, I I love the fact that that Villeneuve could take that little short line that Mark uh, just read, and uh, you know just portray for us Thank this you. technology of the suspenders for the uh, mm. for the uh, Saudi car. And what I what I think is really interesting about this uh, digging into this uh, training of the Saudi car because they're really tough. They're training this like uh, really tough hostile planet. Is the uh, the metaphor with actually the Fremens because they had to, you know, train, they are training a really hostile environment too. So uh, it's, it's really interesting how Duke, uh, how the Duke thinks um, the uh, Fremens abilities and why are they uh, it, are a strong force against the Sardaukar and Sardaukar. actually the Emperor, uh, right. which is something that not, it's not in the Duke Leto thinking, but in the of the Duke. There you go. That's it. Uh, yeah, Mark, I, I, I like, um, yeah, I like the description of uh, Roger Yuan, uh, who's a fight corner. He talked about the Sardaukar being a combination of uh, Viking berserkers and this, the samurai. Uh, so you can imagine these are people who, from birth, they're in har harsh conditions. They're like everything about them is is fighting, but they're also like good as a as a unit. So they they they, they work as a, as a team, and that's what makes them like uh, so so formidable. So that, that's. Mm -hmm. uh, really like that visual i love that yeah and and again the takeaway here listeners we're talking yeah think of you know you got last samurai obviously as a reference for like samurai discipline there and then berserker you have uh, obviously the viking series and stuff and just that tempering that complete you know unhinged blood bloodthirsty kind of thing and you can see it there right there embodied in, in the cover there uh, and then tempering it with that discipline no wonder that's how they would have developed there um, and I want to see Denouve deliver on the threat, deliver on what people since the Dune film, they just didn't have that fulfilled, that sense of like, these are so dangerous. I want um, it to be a real uh, a real moment when, when Duncan defeats uh, that many. And I want there to be maybe a scene where we understand just how strong one Saudukar is before we get that scene with Duncan where we can actually see oh, him fighting them uh, and taking them all down as... as as he's doing is, is that sort of Boromir moment or whatever, like even though he obviously survives and stuff or 
who knows if he does again looping it back to the beginning like who will live who will die <laughs> turns out they're gonna kill off paul in this one no that's no, okay <laughs> <laughs> pivot <laughs> um but anyway folks we have um we have wrapped our fifth part of sifting the spice it has been as always incredibly uh elucidating additive and and uh just an overall excellent time spending um yeah two hours folks uh <laughs> diving into this extremely rich and rewarding material um it's it's so great to have you all on the show <laughs> for sure um no worries i'm gonna start with uh marcus where can people find dune newsnet apart from dunesnewsnet.com right yeah so stay tuned to the website and then uh, you can find us on social media on uh, twitter dune newsnet and instagram uh, dune newsnet and as mentioned stay tuned for some exciting announcements <laughs> oh so he decides what what did that, he decides not to drop them on the show but nah, i'm <laughs> kidding you drop them wherever you want man i'm looking forward to it and i will signal boost it as well uh emilio and where can people find you um in instagram emilio ruben rodriguez Excellent. i'm just there just send me an email let me talk to you about Dune sometime. That's right. And uh, if you can't find profile for any reason, just go to Dune Podcast. He'll be there and like tagged and stuff. And Mark, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, duneinfo.com uh, and then duneinfo on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Killing, in the, killing the game. The best in all of your respective fields. Literally couldn't have hoped to do another amazing analysis with any more uh, like excellent human beings. So thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you for inviting me. No worries. Love you guys. Big hugs from Australia. And let's hang out in another month, okay? Yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh Fuck God. yeah. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Bye. 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 Yeah. Bye.